Welcome to Tangerine Minds, a podcast about things that matter by our Tangerine Montessori kids. I am Anna Hansen, I host this show, and it is my pleasure to interview our children and teachers about what they are doing and learning in the classroom. It is kind of like opening the door and taking a peek into the amazing Montessori way of learning things. Today, we are grabbing our magnifying glasses to look at something considerable smaller than us, insects. Miss Marie's class of kinder and elementary did an incredible job researching about them. The children interviewed each other so they could tell us more about their amazing discoveries. What is the coolest thing that you know about walking sticks? Hi, my name is Alessandro. I'm six years old and a kindergartner. The coolest thing I know about a walking stick is that they can camouflage and some look like leaves. There's one in Madagascar that is bright blue. I heard about the dung beetle. What can you share about it? Hi, my name is Farah and I am 10 years old. What I can share about dung beetles is that they're really strong and what they do is get dung and they roll it. They also feed on it, but the main thing they really do is give nutrients to the earth. That's very impressive, but not surprising. The truth is that everything we can think of that is in the action movies, insects can do it. The strange things that we never imagined possible. They're like the Superman of the animal world. They can fall hundreds of feet, swim underwater for a long time, walk on ceilings, fly long distances, you name it. Do you know a bug that has superpowers? I do. My name is Griffin and I'm six years old. The bug that has superpower is the ant. The ant can lift 20 pounds the weight. 20 times? 20, I mean 20 times the weight. Hi, my name is Noah. I'm six years old, and bugs are cool because they could. Some types could fly, and they could crawl and change their bodies. My name's Cash, and I'm seven, and I'm a second grader. I think that bugs are really cool and important because they can camouflage, they can fly, they can copycat, and they can do metamorphosis Mm -hmm. and they can change their body. Imagine going through extreme physical changes like having no legs to having four or more or from crawling to suddenly being able to fly. Insects can do that and it has a name. What do you know about metamorphosis? Hello, my name is Lulu. I'm nine years old and I am a fourth grader. And I know that there are two types of metamorphosis, a simple metamorphosis and a complete metamorphosis. A complete metamorphosis is like a butterfly and a simple metamorphosis is like a ladybug. Sorry, like the grasshopper. Besides having all these amazing superpowers, insects also play an important and unique role in our planet. 
no matter how small they are. Why do you think bugs are super important? Hi, my name is Zoe. I'm nine years old and I'm in third grade. I think, in my opinion, the first bug that comes into my mind is a ladybug because when they are like born and hatched into like a larva, they feed on aphids, which um, basically like make plants sick, and we need uh, plants to survive. So that's one of the reasons why bugs are important. Miss Marie Tapia is not only the founder of Tangerine Montessori, but a certified Montessori teacher. As such, her job is not to be just a traditional instructor, but more a gentle guide that observes children's interests and gives them the tools they need to find the information themselves. She is very lucky to witness how, through this kind of research projects, children shine bright. Our elementary children learn so much about bugs. Bugs are all around us and children and grown-ups always show some type of interest when they see one. Maybe you might think that they're cute, like a butterfly. Maybe you might think they're yucky, like a cockroach. And some of them you definitely want to keep away from your home, like termites. Children loved learning how important they are to our ecosystem. They help the soil, they pollinate, they decompose, they even control pests. Like, for example, did you know a ladybug can eat up to 50 aphids a day? I didn't know that, but I do know that insects don't cause neutral reactions when you see them. You could be amazed at their beauty or probably scared. Ouch! That was a loud representation of how we refer to insects in our daily lives. Think about it. When you have an encounter with those that you don't really like, I bet you won't be screaming, an insect, an insect. It is pretty common to get confused about the right terminology. That's why we ask those who dedicate their lives to study bugs. According to experts from the Entomology and Nematology Department at the University of Florida, all bugs are insects, but not all insects are bugs. Bugs have mouthparts that are piercing and sucking. So really, the correct terminology is insects, since that covers bugs as well. Children are naturally curious and have a built-in desire to learn firsthand about the world around them. Nurturing the love of learning is one of the greatest gifts of Montessori education. Children that autonomously and joyfully seek knowledge are far more likely to become confident, independent, and happy adults. It was such a treat to see how they wanted to learn more about bugs and how they looked for them everywhere after they felt they were experts. Building curious children is a core goal of the Montessori method. As children capture new information, they are creating an internal need to know more.
Bugs are fascinating creatures, and we want to share some information with you. Did you know that insects have been on Earth longer than humans? Did you know that we need bugs to survive? They pollinate flowers, keep the soil healthy, and help spreading seeds and so many other things. The insects don't have bones. They have a exoskeleton. Did you know that spiders are not insects? Insects have six le legs and three body parts: the head, the thorax, and the abdomen. Did you know that silkworms are not worms? They are caterpillars. That there are more insects than humans? Yes, there are so many kinds of insects in the world. Scientists estimate there are between 2 million to 30 million different types of insects. That means that if we were to count them individually, that will probably take us forever. Those are too many to count, so why don't we find out how many insects we have here in Florida. So hi everybody, I'm Dr. Rebecca Baldwin at the Entomology and Nematology Department at the University of Florida. So we have several questions and one of the questions was, how many insects are there in Florida? Well, you'll be pretty excited to know that we have over 12,000 species of insects in the state of Florida, 12,000. And that's not individual insects. I'm here with my friend Jennifer, so I'm going to ask her what her favorite insect is. Well, my favorite insect is the honeybee. So, Jennifer, in a honeybee colony, how many individual honeybees can you have? Oh, gosh, the average colony might have up to 50,000 honeybees inside one colony. 50,000 honeybees? That's an amazing amount. They say fear comes from ignorance. That's why some of us are scared of bugs, because we don't know enough about them. I asked Dr. Rebecca Baldwin what can we do to overcome that fear, and she gave me an advice. Look at them with inquiring eyes. So look around. I bet you can see an insect today. Insects are so diverse. They give us a lot of information that we can use to learn about engineering, learn about structures, learn, learn even about air conditioning. Did you know some insects actually have air conditioning in their colonies? One of the greatest benefits of Montessori education is that children come out of schools with more than skills and knowledge. They also develop a thirst for discovery that leads them to a lifetime of growth and success. We have a special guest today, someone passionate about bees and the living proof of what I'm talking about. Welcome, Nada. Hello, I'm Nara, a local beekeeper here in Miami that is very excited to be here with you guys today. 
I've had the pleasure of meeting a few of your students in the past, but today I am extra excited because I know that the parents and many other people will be tuning in to listen and maybe learn a thing or two. A fun fact about myself is that I too am a Montessori child. I am very grateful to see the Montessori system being implanted in the current generation, which will lead the way in the near future. One of the reasons I am very passionate about bees today is because I was taught by my teachers to be one with nature and appreciate every aspect of our ecosystem, bees included. I've been in love with bees for around eight years and my business, Honey Lifestyle, has been around for six years. We don't only sell honey, we also incorporate education like today in this podcast. Education is key in making successful choices. That's why we're going to touch bases on a few things about bees. First of all, why are bees so important? Though they're small and off the go unnoticed, honeybees are an essential part of the planet. Like all creatures, bees play a part in maintaining a balanced and successful ecosystem. The plants that bees pollinate create food, and shelter from many other creatures, such as birds, squirrels, and insects. Did you know that a third of your food is thanks to bees' pollination service? That's right. You eat vegetables thanks to the bees. But each year, bees are experiencing a massive die-off throughout the United States and Canada. In 2017, the bumblebee was added to the endangered species list here in the United States. Basically, without bees, we'd lose 100% of the almonds, 90% of the apples, onions, blueberries, cucumbers, and carrots. And the list goes on. Thank you so much for reminding us how important bees are. But how can we take care of them? Do you have any advice? The good news is that you don't have to be a beekeeper to take care of bees. Something everyone can do is plant a bee garden. One of the largest threats to bees is lack of safe habitat where they can build homes and find a variety of nutritious food sources. By planting a bee garden, you can create a habitat in your own backyard with plants that are rich in pollen and nectar. You don't need a ton of space to grow bee-friendly plants. Gardens can be established across yards, in window boxes, flower pots, and planters. Black-eyed Susans, lavender, marigolds, and sunflowers are a few of the bee-friendly plants that we can plant. Nara said another way to help bees is by going chemical-free. Synthetic pesticides, fertilizers, and herbicides are harmful to bees, creating a great damage on their sensitive systems. Most of our lumber stores, though, have plenty of bee-safe sprays for our gardens that get the job done and don't interfere with the bees or any other important insects, such as ladybugs, butterflies, and praying mantis. Did you know bees get most of their nectar from trees? 
That is precisely why planting trees is another fantastic way to help preserve them. When a tree blossoms and blooms, it provides hundreds, if not thousands of blossoms to feed from. Trees are not only a great food source for bees, but also an essential habitat. Tree leaves provide nesting material for bees, while natural wood cavities make excellent shelters. With deforestation and development on the rise, you can help bees by joining tree planting parties in your own area. Last but not least, you can create a bee bath. Yes, a bee bath in your own backyard. As you can imagine, bees work up quite a thirst collecting nectar all day long. In your very own backyard, fill a shallow bird bath or a bowl with clean water and arrange a few pebbles and stones inside. Bees will land on the stones and pebbles to take a long, refreshing break and drink some water. Those are just a few things you can do on your own or with your friends and family to help bees.